Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the season four finale of Us Boys Black Conduct. I'm Mitch Fosberg, joined, of course, by, well, you guessed it, not Ghostbusters, but Mr. Christian Booyer. Christian, how we feeling? Finals week Monday, last episode of the season, how we feeling? Well, luckily for me, I don't have a super stressful week, which is good, so... Uh, most of my finals are just, you know, written papers or things like that, which I do pretty well with. So, um, again, I'm just glad there's kind of that weight has been lifted off my shoulders. And the one thing I'm not super proud of is that I, uh, I'm getting older. I wish time would slow down a little bit. I like being 19. I like having one in front of my age. I like being a youngin'. Uh, but the time of me being a teenager is dwindling very quickly. And uh, that's something I am not excited about. Just rub it in, why don't you? <laughs> Yeah, so uh, my finals were optional. My grades good enough where I could just uh, take the week and just uh, <sighs> finally unwind a bit. Because yes, the past sir. couple weeks have been a little, little hectic. I've been. I also do some freelancing for the Midland Daily News. I assume editor is assume duties as sports editor on April twelfth. So it's been a little hectic now. It's nice to just take a little time to just calm I'm it down, sure. calm it easy. But hey, this weekend I know you were watching. I was watching the entire thing almost. NFL draft finally finished. I'm sorry, folks, not get a chance to tell you in our mock drafts at this point. I will add it in once Christian is done talking. I'll add in the final points here. But yeah, so um, what kind of real thoughts as a whole here? Uh, you know the the beginning of it. The first two picks were very predictable. Um, other than that, however, I uh, I was kind of shocked by the way it turned out, uh, just because. You know, you had San Francisco pulling a fast one on you and taking Trey Lance. Uh, that one wasn't as far-fetched the more I think about it. But Cincinnati prote- or passing on protection for their young quarterback and instead getting him a buddy to throw to, I wasn't a super big fan of that. But, hey, that means Panay Sewell fell to the Lions, which I liked as well. So just kind of ups and down, man, topsy-turvy kind of. The, the Lions didn't necessarily draft for need. That was the one team I really paid attention to. They didn't necessarily draft a need for need, but they got a lot bigger and a lot more athletic, which is nice, especially when you're a team in the state that they are in right now and basically having needs in every position. Yeah, for me it was kind of cut, cut and dry to see where most teams were going. I think obviously the Raiders are always a wild card. Yeah. Uh, some trades kind of surprised within the division. Um, honestly, the way the first run shaked up, I thought the position was about set with everybody. But also, we'll get to a deep part here. Um, Let's start with the North Divisions. We'll break this down a little bit. So, North Division. What are kind of some biggest takeaways here from these four teams? For AFC or NFC? NFC North. NFC North. Uh, Chicago got a lot better. I was a big fan of what they were able to do. Uh, I knew they were going to take a quarterback. It just wasn't, you know, I think I said Davis Mills on the podcast last week. Uh, I knew they were going to go for a quarterback. They traded up, got Justin Fields, and I think that's a huge Addition. It's not very smart considering all the money they've got wrapped up into quarterbacks already, but he's probably the best one they have stepping on the field day one. So it'll be interesting to see how they go. Uh, Minnesota, uh, I mean, I thought they did okay. Green Bay's obviously in a world of hurting with uh, all the Aaron Rodgers news, and then um, Detroit was Detroit. So uh, if I had to pick a winner out of this division, I'd pick Chicago with Detroit being second. Yeah, for me, the winner in the division was Detroit. Minnesota was second. And I say this because the biggest, because I kept mentioning the defense, secondary was young. Linebackers and D-line had opt-outs and injuries. That, they're healthy. That's a fine unit. Their biggest issue the past couple seasons had been offensive line. And they, they were able to trade back 
and get a guy who we thought they were going to take at 14 in Christian Derrissaw. Yep. Still accumulate picks. Take Kellum on the third round, see how it goes. I'm I, obviously about to see a bunch of A&M, Jimbo Fisher kids about to fly out the draft boards the next couple of years. It's going to be exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Green Bay, you know, they filled, they filled the role that Corey Lindsley uh, left behind. They brought in a corner to eventually replace Kevin King. Passes all get out. And then Martin Rodgers is a guy that I think excites me going Rodgers to Rodgers again. Well, maybe. Maybe, maybe. love Rodgers at this point. But Lions, I thought, honestly, look, I think we saw it in the Super Bowl, especially. It doesn't matter who the hell you have as weapons. You can, you can have the fastest guy in the field, the biggest matchup nightmare. But if your quarterback's run for his life and you can't Correct. run or stop the run, you're going nowhere. And that's what the Lions did exactly. Like, they were so amped to get their hands so well. Levi, oh gosh, these draft picks. These Pac-12 kids are good. Yeah. Levi on a Wuzurike, my hearing is awful. Big body. I, I think, honestly, if he would have played in 2020, I think he would have climbed up boards a little higher. Yeah. And then, uh, then Lee McNeil's going to be a good addition, too. they got two good defensive linemen. Jamar, Jamar Jefferson may be the steal of the draft for them in seventh round, probably fourth, fifth. But my beef with the Bears is just this is Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy's like last run at it. Yes. And I now we that. have not one, not two, but three options of quarterback. Yeah. And trying- honestly, with the I mentioned the Ohio State background, like I'm not hundred percent sold on fields, especially with the way the Bears' offensive line is. Yeah. And we're getting the game, game that's inconsistent. David Jenkins, great pickup in the second round. Another yes. good lineman, East Carolina. But for me, Detroit 1, Minnesota 2, Green Bay 3, uh, Chicago 4. I'll My grades, I gave Detroit a B plus, Green Bay B plus, Minnesota B plus. I gave Chicago a C plus, but there's an asterisk. If Justin Fields is the quarterback anyone says he is, that goes to an A. That goes A plus right away. Yeah. So obviously the draft class makes or breaks on Fields. Yeah, and I think that's where we're why we're not on the same page right now is that I'm just saying I'm banking on Fields being that guy. And I am not because Correct. because I've seen so many Ohio State quarterbacks that have had great years not make it. Yeah, but how and, many of those Ohio State quarterbacks have had an arm like a cannon like Justin Fields? Terrell Pryor didn't. Dwayne Haskins did though. Well, the, the the problem with Dwayne Haskins is he got in a situation where he set himself up to fail by a not having the work ethic. And B, not having the mental capacity to be an NFL quarterback. He just wasn't focused. And I think that's the difference between him and Fields. I think Fields is a guy that's going to bring in. He's going to be locked in. And if, and if I'm wrong, I'll eat crow. I'll you feed me all the crow. But because I'm I'm just zeroed in on Fields, watch what he did in that in the biggest game of the year against Clemson and how he just tore them apart. It's, it was just outstanding, and it kind of flipped the switch on me. I mean, obviously, I watched him kick the piss out of Michigan a couple of times, but... I mean, that, he just performed at a level that I just, man, it was, it, it was such a good performance. Um, he's the prototypical slide guy where he'd been pegged to go number two for so long, and eventually he started nitpicking, and, that, and that's why he fell. And I think that getting him at 11 could end up being a huge steal. Yeah, the only issue is, I honestly, I, can, I, do, I, do, I do not disagree with anything you said. My problem is, that's such a high-pressure situation out of the gate for a rookie to try and handle. Correct. Because Nagy and Pace are fighting for their lives. Chicago's fighting for their lives. The people this whole song bitch gets blown up. If they throw him in their week 10 and Chicago rails off three, four straight losses and he's pedestrian, that confidence is shot. And all of a sudden, who knows the next couple of years being a new coach or even if the new coach regime wants him at this point. We've seen him for a year because we saw it with other quarterbacks. 
I mean, you kind of saw that with Justin Herbert, though, in L.A., and he performed well, and at the end of the year, his head coach still got the axe. So, I mean, I guess it, it, we'll just have to wait and see on that one. Absolutely. In the NFC North, presented by Scotiabank or whatever it is. <laughs> Wrong sport, but I'll take it. It should still be Tim Mother effing Hortons. All right, AFC North. Biggest takeaways. AFC North, well, like I mentioned earlier, um, Cincinnati passed on getting some O-line protection for their young guy who's got one working knee at the moment. Uh, so that he can have a buddy to throw to. I don't love that move. Uh, Pittsburgh went running back, which I was... I mean, you're stoked about that, the Najee Harris pickup. I uh, I, mean, I thought it was okay. Again, I'm not a super big drafter running back in the first round kind of guy just because of the fluidity with how most running backs are just one-contract players. But you get a game-breaker like an Ezekiel Elliott, then you're good. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if Najee falls in that, character, or that category just because he's so versatile. I thought Cleveland did really well. I thought the Browns did very well as I pulled. Greg Newsom at 26, man. I know the knock on him is injuries, but if he, I've seen scouts and takes that say he could have been the best corner in this class if he didn't have these injuries. So I really like what they did. I really like Anthony Schwartz as well. And then Baltimore killed it too. Baltimore got so much more talent. The problem with Baltimore that I have is that Pretty soon they're going to have a roster just simply full of skill guys. And it'll be interesting to see how they manage it. But at the same time, man, you know, you get an offensive lineman in Ben Cleveland. I thought Jason Owe, or I guess he's going by Odafe Owe now. Uh, that's his real name. Uh, another big pickup at 31. So, geez, he had a couple of teams do really well. If I had to grade them out, I'd go Baltimore 1, Cleveland 2, Pittsburgh 3, Cincinnati 4. I have the same order. Uh, Baltimore, uh, Bateman. Away or whatever their name is, and Ben Cleveland later in second day two also. Quillen Matlin on Georgia kind of helps solidify the interiors, kind of what they needed, especially them now bringing in Villanueva too. Mm-hmm. Which uh, good luck, good luck to you, uh, good good luck to you, Alejandro. I will cheer for you for every game except two. Respect. Um, Cleveland, not only adding Newsom, but. But getting their hands to Jeremiah Wusu Koromora in the second round. Like, I've said it for so long. They needed a linebacker. They needed a linebacker. And they got it second round, and they got another piece in the secondary. Like, if Cleveland stays healthy, like, there's no doubt in my eye, they're the most balanced and competitive team in the AFC North, which I, thought I would never say in my life. Crazy. Especially if OBJ's back healthy, too. Um, Pittsburgh, look, I'll be totally honest. I was excited for this draft. I think they got some quality players. Like Najee, yeah, I get it. They need some online help. They always do well getting linemen third, fourth, fifth, later rounds. It happens. I think Najee's going to be a guy that's big, physical, athletic, can run downhill, can go side to side, can catch passes, and can pass block, has that whole repertoire. That's something that Pittsburgh running backs in the past, like it's so hard for them to get their hands on. Mm-hmm. And Najee was that guy. Pat Fryer moved second round. I thought it would be old lineman, but Ebron's contract is up after this year. Vance McDowell retired. They need a long-term play at tight end. Yeah. Um, there are two linemen they got. The center of Illinois I am excited for. Big, physical, freak. Started about every game at Illinois during, during the Lovey Smith era. Probably Lovey Smith's one good shining star to come out, in my opinion. Dan Moore, we'll see how that goes. But Then we talk about Cincinnati. 
Pardon my language here, but what the fuck we doing? Yeah, I'm kidding. You literally, you, you your franchise piece, you faced the franchise quarterback, went down with a knee injury because your own line is just that terrible. And now you add a receiver to a room that already had 2,000-year receivers in Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins last season. Yeah. Does this make sense? Not at all. I get it. Jamari Chase is a talent. I get it. But what are we doing here? Like I just mentioned. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter what, what, what weapons that we have. If your quarterback's running around for his life 30 times a game, it doesn't mean a damn thing. Correct. And at this division, where Baltimore, Cleveland, and Pittsburgh, that's going to happen at least six times a year. Easily. What are we doing here? Again, Jackson Carmen's a great pickup second round. Joseph Osai was a good round. DeAndre Smith, the hype is there for him, but we'll see if he does it at a level. So for me, Baltimore got the A- at one. Cleveland got a close B+. Borderline B+, A-, and two. Pittsburgh got a B minus in my books, and uh, Cincinnati got a C plus. Not the worst draft, though, in my opinion. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but let's go on the South. Let's go NFC South first. Big takeaways here. Well, you know, there were some interesting things that happened in this division. I thought that Carolina's selection of J.C. Horn at 8, I was a little confused at first, but the more I think about it, the more I like it. I think it's a good pickup for them. Obviously... You know, the popular pick is, oh, they're going to take a quarterback here. Uh, and then they didn't. And then I figured that Fields would go to Denver, and he didn't go there either. Um, but they've got Sam Darnold, and I think they're kind of banking on him turning it around. Um, and worst-case scenario, you pick high next year's draft, and you get the king of all kings, Spencer Rattler. Uh, but anyway, moving on to Atlanta. Look, I love Kyle Pitts. I think that by the draft that they did, where they focused primarily on the defensive side of the ball, I'm looking at it right now, they're saying that Matt Ryan's not done. He's still got some left in the tank, and I think that that's perfectly valid for two reasons. Number one, because he's been an MVP, he's played in a Super Bowl, and number two, because he's still got how much money they got wrapped up in him. Let's see. Let's the Brinks truck, man. Let's see. Uh, like I mentioned before, his dead cap this year is 60 mil. Next year will be about 40, 45 mil. Exactly. So they're, they've got $105 million of dead cap due to him, so it's not like he's going anywhere. Um, as far as Tampa Bay and... Uh, New Orleans go. Uh, the Ian Book selection is very intriguing to me. Uh, just because I wasn't a huge fan of his at Notre Dame. And I... I don't know. He was the best available, I guess. Uh, Jamie Newman might have been there. I don't think Jamie Newman got picked. Did he? I don't pay, I didn't pay the yeah, I didn't, Jamie Newman. I, well, I was working baseball Sunday afternoon or Saturday afternoon, so I didn't see the rounds four through seven, but... Peyton Turner is an interesting pick just because they had some other options on the board that they could have went with. Um, I thought they might be in the uh, the realm of a wide receiver. Elijah Moore stood out there. Uh, he was still available at 28. They didn't take him. So not a super big fan of New Orleans draft. And then Tampa Bay, um, the, the pick that sticks out to me from Tampa Bay is Kyle Trask. What a pick, man. I mean... Who, but first of all, what a situation for him to land in. A guy who was mocked early this year to go in the first round. And then late, you know, as the thing went out, we're thinking about him potentially being a day three pick. Now he's going to the defending Super Bowl champions. He's going to learn from the best quarterback to ever play football. And there's no pressure on him to do anything right away. Let him mature. Let him grow. Let him get better. A dude that only made a handful of collegiate starts, hadn't started since high school, let him develop, man. I love that fit. Joe Tryon's a really good pick. If I had to rank them, 
Oh, gosh. Give me Atlanta. No, give me Carolina 1, Atlanta 2, Tampa Bay 3, and Orleans 4. I look at Atlanta, like you mentioned, defensive side of the ball needed work because obviously it wasn't Matt Ryan's father blowing 17 point leads. Correct. I thought they dressed it. Richie Grant, I thought maybe it'd been a bit of a reach, but they needed safety help with the Keanu O'Neill now gone to Dallas. That was great. Jalen Mayfield also going D2. Can I help on the offensive line? But it sounds about it sounds about he's going inside the guard, which is Yeah. Which is gonna be probably a big help for them. He really um, struggles with faster edge rushers. Uh Carolina, solid draft. JC Horn, good pickup. Terrence Marshall Jr., also a good pickup to go now with Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore. Pretty good little addition there. Uh, Chuba Hubbard also went. Also, uh, Deontay Brown, uh, offensive guard out of Alabama. Who's a guy, big flipping monster. Perfect in the run game. I was waiting to see where he'd go. I think Carolina, great fit for them. Just a physical mauler in there. Uh, Tampa Bay, obviously Joe Tryon's going to be the heir apparent. Two Jason Pierre Paul when he says right after the sunset. And then same set for Cal Trask. I mean, we saw when he has good weapons around him and a good old line that he can produce really well. When he doesn't have the best weapons around him, like we saw in the bull game. But so be it. Then New Orleans. Uh I had no clue who Peyton Turner was up until they announced the pick. Same here. But I also had no clue who Marcus Davenport was when they picked him, and he's starting to, you know, become something for him. So I think they have a good eye of these Kind of smaller school pass rushers. Gather rotation with Davenport. He's probably going to need some money down the road. Cameron Jordan's not going to be around forever. Uh, then Pete Werner and Paul Sedadebo. Obviously, linebacker needs help. Anzalo's gone. Obviously, in the offseason, they're going to lose one of these. One of your DBs. Obviously, Lamborn, Marshall Lamborn's going to need money. Someone else is going to need money. Add someone to get him in a year. Get him in and have him, have him in the system for a year. Then in 2022, when they're ready, you got another starter right there. And Ian Book, like you mentioned, I am not an Ian Book fan. No, me I thought his arm was just absolutely dreadful, in my opinion. Like, he was, I don't think he's that strong. He's not that accurate, no. honestly. Like, I, I was watching clips of Chase Claypool, I think, I've ever last year. And there's balls three yards into the sideline. Claypool's still toe-tapping to catch him. Yeah. Like, I'm not a big fan of Book. So, for me, Atlanta 1, Tampa 2, Carolina 3. But the gap between Tampa and Carolina is close. And then the B-minus New Orleans, but I get they're trying to, you know, play long haul because they're in some cap hurt right now. Now let's go to the uh, AFC South. What you got for us here? So the AFC South, you know, I'm looking at it here. The, the, the Texans continue to be a mess. Yeah. Houston continues to be a dreadful mess. Their first pick of the entire draft, the third round, they go Davis Mills. Who also will get in the first round of Chicago. I did. I like you know. I like Davis Mills. I think there's hope for him, but I don't know. I don't know with them. Uh, was not a fan. I love Nico Collins too, but nah. Just I'm not really. The, the Texans in general are just struggling right now. Indianapolis was pretty solid. Uh, Quiddy Pay at 21 feels like a steal. Didn't love that they went back to back edge rushers. Um, then Sam Ellinger is an interesting pick too. It'll be interesting to see. How that turns out, uh, the Jacksonville Tigers, I mean Buckeyes, I mean Jaguars, sorry. Uh, obviously, that's me playing off the trend that Urban Meyer had in his first draft as head coach. Obviously, going Lawrence and ETN in the first round. They did all right. And then in Tennessee, as I scroll down here, uh, Caleb Farley at 22 seems like a steal. I love Dylan Rand Radunes. 
or uh, Dylan Radins, I guess is how you pronounce it. Um, it's tough to pick a winner out of this. You know, the, everybody except Houston drafted good. Um, give me Jacksonville one because they got the heir apparent to Peyton Manning. Uh, Indianapolis two, Tennessee three, but those two are very close, and then Houston four. Yeah, like I, I agree with the Indy, but I also think that, all right, my man core set, secondary set, you have to force Buckner, you guys around him. I get why they went back to back edge rusher. Especially you pay a 21, and then Deo Odeyungovo, I think I said it right. If not, I'm so sorry. Then Sam Ellinger is, Sam Ellinger is intriguing. Yeah, it is. I don't think he's going to do much, but it's still intriguing what they could do with him. Uh, Tennessee, Caleb Farley, Dylan Radones, Radunes, um... You know, Farley's kind of a question mark with his injuries. But they also did the same thing with Jeffrey Simmons a couple of years ago, and now he's become a staple in that D-line. I think they need help with, with corners. They need help with the O-line. They address that both. I think, honestly, two good picks for him, especially if uh, Farley can stay healthy. If Redones does what he can. Um, as for Houston, I am very sorry for this fan base. Yeah. You're run eight Deshaun Watson will see what happens. That's still up in the air. Uh we are not talking about that because it still has to go through all the legal processes. Once that gets all the way through, we will talk about it. But until that point we're keeping silent about it. Uh your run defense is one of the, probably the worst in the league. You don't have a pick till the third round. You should probably go defense, right? Yes. So going quarterback, wide out tight end, not the most responsible thing, right? Yeah, for me it's cut and dry. Jacksonville, I thought, crushed it because in my Lilka's list, they have at least four starters, maybe five out the gate, at least for this season. Walker Lil can be stably online. Cisco started safety. Tyson Gamble start. Etienne Robinson will be a really good one two puncher running back, and obviously Lawrence will start. So I went uh, Jacksonville 1 to A minus. Uh, Tennessee 2 at a B. 3 was since, uh, Indianapolis, excuse me, at B, at B minus. 4 was 50 feet of crap, and then number 5 was the Houston Texans. So we're going to go east or west next time, next one around here. We can do east. All right, the NFC East. Cowboys, Giants, Eagles, football team. Division that's not quite cut and clear. Be interesting, especially after what happened last year. Thoughts in the east, the NFC East. Oh, boy. You know, let's start with Washington football team here. These are my number, this is my number one team from this, um, this draft. I love Jamin Davis. Uh, Samuel Cosme's a good pick at uh, in the second round. And then the one that sticks out to me is Benjamin St. Juiced. A former Michigan guy, didn't get a ton of run there, transferred to Minnesota, and turned out to be a pretty good player. Um, I think that it's pretty interesting that they were able to get him in the third round, and um, I really like the pick. Obviously, a team that looks like they might be on the fringe of contending. Uh, really like Diami Brown. Uh, North Carolina as well. And obviously got to give a shout-out to my Michigan man, Cameron Cheeseman. I just think it's hilarious that they picked him and then went on to take three more players after taking a long snapper. That was very cheesy of you, by the way. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, moving on to Philadelphia. You know, i not a huge Devontae Smith guy just because I think he's going to get tossed around. Uh, but, if, but if this works out, it could be a... A legitimate steal. If he's the third wide receiver off the board and becomes the best one out of this class, which is very possible, man, a lot of people are going to be scratching their heads saying, what was I thinking? Uh, another running back in Kenneth Gainwell. It's a decent pick, I guess. Uh, I really like Landon Dickerson. Hopefully he's able to heal up and contribute for them. 
Um, the New York Giants. Aziz Ojalary in the second round. Love the pick. Absolutely love the pick. I thought he might be a candidate to come to Detroit in the second round, but evidently New York Giant, the New York Giants snagged him at 50th overall. And then Dallas, man. Dallas is so hard to hit, sift through because they just made so many picks. Didn't love Micah Parsons at 12, but, I mean, it's Dallas. So what can you say? Uh, a lot of upside picks here. I think Chauncey Golston's one to watch for in the third round. And I also like Jabril Cox, too. I thought that was another guy that might be headed to Detroit. So um, give me Washington 1, New York Giants 2, Philadelphia 3, and Dallas 4. Yeah, I can agree with you there. Um, with Philadelphia, I'll start there. Um, turning up two spots when, obviously, you needed picks to uh, really try and pop here. Yeah. I get You get the Rainy Heisman Trophy winner. Because you whipped on wide out last year. You took Jalen Rieger over Justin Jefferson. <laughs> You're kidding me right now, right? You're kidding me. So look at that set. Leonard Dickinson, Leonard Dickinson's a guy that intrigues me. Big physical offensive lineman that, you know, Philly, Philly, like I mentioned, Philly needs help everywhere. You know, they have a wide out, they got that. They got help at O-line, they got that. I think those two little pieces that can help, uh, you can build around. And um, so Philly, you got to see there. Washington's going to be intriguing. If Taylor Heineke plays the way he's capable of, like we saw in the playoffs, and everything kind of goes right, they stay healthy. Adding Jamin Davis at linebacker, adding Samuel Cosby at line, and shocking Tony in the seventh round to rotate as a pass rusher in that already lethal defensive line. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting. Now the Giants, trading down, trading down, getting picks. Awesome. Kadarius Tony. Um, okay, let's, let's talk here. Yeah. I mean, that probably wasn't a D lineman they were comfortable with at the point, maybe Quiddy Pay. But they're going to more D tackle, like, uh, nothing that's really there. Linebacker is already gone at this point. I get Tony, but. Man, now you got him, Shepard, and Kenny Galladay. See how that goes. I mean, Daniel Jones has toys to play with now. So, be fun to see there in Dallas. Yeah, scratch here, Michael Parsons, but Leighton Vanderich is on last year of his deal because his fifth year option was not picked up. So it's make or break for Vanderich this year. Yep. So if he's banged up again and Parsons, you know, plays well with Jayon Smith. Bye bye. Right. But hey, you know, Dallas needed to go basically defense this draft, and they did. So I'll tip my hat there. They they got what they needed. And obviously, I think Jabril Cox could be a good pickup too. They got some other guys in there that. You know, we'll see. But with Dallas, it's interesting because when they're healthy, that offense with the line, the weapons, quarterback, running back, any spot on offense, is, it's best in the division. And I don't think there's much. The only thing you can argue is maybe Saquon Barkley over Ezekiel Elliott at this point. That's the only spot on offense you could argue saying maybe Dallas, Dallas doesn't have his beat. That's it. Divas has to catch up. Because we saw with Dark before Dak went down, they were gotten so many shootouts last year. Yep. And you just can't win by doing that. So, Cowboys get a B plus, top of the line. Washington in the close second, B plus. Eagles the three with a B. And then Kadarius Tony and the New York Giants drew a B minus. So, finally, oh, sorry, the AFC East. Thoughts there? You know. Watching Mac Jones walk out of that green room, it just it made me think, man, this is a dude on a mission. 
Now, granted, I'm not a Mac Jones fan. I don't think he's that good. But in that system with Bill Belichick, who is boys with Nick Saban, oh, yeah. a lot of Crimson Tide guys there, I think he might do okay. I think he might turn out all right. Um, Miami getting Jalen Waddle. I love their first couple picks. I love uh, Waddle and Jalen Phillips. Um, I think that their offense is in a good spot now with another playmaker out wide. Um, kind of flashing back and forth with New York Jets, who was another team who did pretty well early on. At least I thought Zach Wilson, I think, will be okay. Uh, Elijah, Vera Tucker, Elijah Vera Tucker, excuse me, I really like him. And then Elijah Moore, I think, is a good pick as well. So, uh, good picks there. And then Buffalo, you know, kind of reached for Greg Rousseau. Um, did some other couple of things in the middle rounds. Let's go with, this is, this is probably the toughest one for me to rank. Um, let's go Miami 1, New England Patriots 2, Jets 3, and Buffalo 4. So, look at Buffalo. The one thing I mentioned back, back, they mentioned back to the end of the year, they just need to help with the pass rush. Pass rush needed a shot in the arm. Like I mentioned before, Rousseau, he can do a lot of things similar to what Cleo Mack or Stephen Clowney can do. Felt like that, that. Carl Spasham Jr. is a guy I had going 32. Guy that could help out. Spencer Brown and Tommy Doyle, which Tommy Doyle, will you be familiar with from the stays from Miami of Ohio in that 2019 Mac title game, which my friends and I are still upset about. Uh, you know, they added some tackles, they added some pass rushers. I thought they just covered their needs and got good players for what they had. Uh, New England, we have a lot of guys back off the COVID and opt-outs. Like you mentioned, the connection with Saban and Belichick for the days working together. The Cleveland Browns, where Belichick was a head coach and Saban was a lead coordinator. Um, like I mentioned, Mac, Mac Jones, smart guy. If you give him a chance to read two, three seconds, he can make a play. Kind of smart, intelligent quarterback that I think fits perfectly with Belichick and McDaniels. Christian Barmer be good addition to D line. Mm-hmm. Ronnie Perkins is a good line addition, and Bill Belichick going back to the Michigan pipeline again with Cameron with Cameron McGrone. And a linebacker in there that was kind of cool. Then uh, Miami, Waddle awesome. Javon Holland awesome. Lee Eichenberg awesome. Three starters. I'm concerned with Jalen Phillips because of his concussion history. One or two more, and you know, he's done. Like, I mean, he started, 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 started at UCLA. He had to medically retire because of sad concussion issues. Mm-hmm. Then he goes to Miami, has a good year. Now he's wanted to do because we're talking not about, like, maybe a bad knee. We're talking about the brain here, all right? CTE, all the, all the awareness about that is just right to the roof and properly so. So that's my only take on Miami. Late issue I have with their draft. Number four, the New York Jets. Zach Wilson, trade up, get Elijah Vert Tucker, Elijah Moore, Michael Carter, and Michael Carter, ironically enough, at safety. <laughs> Two Michael Carters. Someone done. Wow. Um, yeah, I was kind of surprised it didn't hit a little more in defense, but knowing Robert Sala, uh, knowing where the offense was at, I think they made the right picks. I think there's a good draft for them. Time will tell. You have Becton and Vera Tucker, now with the O line. I think next year, obviously, they have to go in their old lineman. 
Probably two more. Mm-hmm. At least a woman to get in there and start. Uh, but yeah, get Zach Wilson help and try and get him to be successful. Uh, nobody got worse than a B in this one. This was a pretty big one. But for me, I went Buffalo 1, A- because they kept their needs. I thought they had good talent their needs. 2 was New England with like an 89. 3 was Miami with like an 88, 87. I knocked them down because of Jalen Phillips' concussion issues. And the yeah. Jets got a B. Now let's go to the West. The NFC West. Chat me up here a little bit, bud. I mean, I, I mean, I kind of feel this was a little more cut and dry in the NFC West as opposed to, like, the AFC East. But talk to me up a bunch of us about the NFC West. I loved Zayvon Collins' draft call, the video that went viral. I loved that. Oh, man. Uh, his excessive use of profanity I thought was hilarious. Uh, Rondale Moore is a really good pick, but at the same time, it's like you've already got one short, shifty, speedy wide receiver. Why do you need another one? You know, you've already got Andy Isabella. I mean, come on, man. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see how they use him. Uh, San Francisco, obviously Trey Lance. I think that's kind of a lottery ticket where he's going to sit out of here, sit behind Jimmy G. Um, you know, I like to pick. Uh, Avery Thomas in the third round was kind of surprising. Another opt-out guy who, I mean, he was good at Michigan. I didn't think he was anything super spectacular. I could have saw him as a day three kind of guy. Seattle, not a ton to say here. They only made three picks, one of which being Western Michigan wide receiver Dwayne Eskridge. Um, you yeah, know, he's a good player. He tore Central Michigan up. Sorry, Western. Um, I'm anti-Western guy here. As you can I feel you. I feel you. I'm a little more neutral to it. Um, and then the LA Rams. You know, they're in a good spot. I liked what they did. Um... I really, I'm a Ernest Jones guy, so part of my writing with the SIL Lions, I had to put together an article on linebackers that the Lions could target in the middle rounds. Ernest Jones is a guy I really like. I got to watch some tape on him. I got to see his stats, and he's a guy, I mean, he's a shorter, stockier thumper, and I think that that can be an asset for a defense that's already really good, so uh, I like what they did there. If I had to rank them. Mm, let's go Seattle 4, just because they only had three picks. You know, it's tough to differentiate between these other three teams sometimes. Maybe I'm just thinking about it too much. Um, give me Arizona 1, Seattle 2, LA Rams 3, Seattle 4. So look at this. I look at now the Rams defense. Sorry, the Cardinals defense. It's Monday, Mitch. Get it together. Uh, Cardinals defense. J.J. Watt, Chandler Jones... Isaiah Simmons, Buddha Baker, Sidney Jones, and now Zayvon Collins, a middle linebacker. Who was the same build as Brian Erlacher was coming out. That's a little terrifying in my opinion. Yeah. And uh, you also, also defense, you add, you add Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, Shoe Thor, Mr. Marco Wilson. <laughs> don't, don't get mad or else, you know, your cleats could be flying 30 yards downfield. That's top for a touchdown. crazy. But Rondell Moore... He's a guy I was super high on. I mean, he's a guy who can do things in the slot, outside, give him motion. There's a lot of things you can do with him now, with him and Kyler Murray both. Mm-hmm. Which just absolutely scares me with now with Debo, with, uh, you know, DeAndre Hopkins and Christian Kirk. Though he has a billion there, too. It's just, there's so many things you can do now with that offense. That's just... <sighs> offense got a little better. Defense got better. They stay healthy. Arizona's going to be a massive problem. That said, though, um, 
San Francisco. Yeah, Trey Lance. Trey Lance was not going to be the third or pick until we heard whispers about the morning of the draft, really. But looking back at it, looking at his tape, look, it look, he, he, he looked like a guy that's just mobile and just such a natural, strong throwing motion. Such mm-hmm. a strong arm. Small town guy. You know, FCS guy. Great class. He's reached this point. Uh, Trey Sermon was a good pickup for him, too, I thought. Yeah, I like And then the running back go with Mostert, the rest of the gang, but... Um, Rams at three, not a lot of capital, and as you mentioned, the Seahawks only have three picks. So for me, Arizona one, B plus, San Francisco two at a B. If Lance does really well, it's an A plus. Yeah. Uh, three was the Rams. For the, me, the only player that I saw think, like in real, of importance out of the gate was two two Atwell, which I feel bad. I feel bad for the kid whose parents named him two two, and. Uh, number four, the C minus, or the Seahawks, but I feel bad given that because I only had three picks and wasted one of the kid from Western Michigan. So, but anyway. Uh, then finally, wrap this all up the AFC West. Thoughts there? Uh, shout out to the Chargers for getting their guy, Rayshon Slater. Uh, love that pick. Uh, moving along, you know, Kansas City didn't have, they don't have a ton of needs. They really don't. They don't have a ton of needs. Uh, obviously, you got to get that offensive line figured out sooner rather than later. Uh, you know, Creed Humphrey, obviously, start. Would have liked to have seen them take a tackle. Uh, Nick Bolton's a pretty good player. They go get an edge guy, but, you know, not not entirely blown away by their draft. Another one that I wasn't totally blown away by was, of course, the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, Alex Leatherwood at 17. He just... Felt like your reach again? Yeah. Yes, it did. Raiders do that, don't they? Mm-hmm. A little too often. And then with Denver, I uh, would have liked to have seen them take fields at nine, but I also think they're in play for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, so it didn't really surprise me when they didn't. Uh, back-to-back safeties is kind of interesting, and Caden Stearns and Jamar Johnson, although both were pretty different players. And then the pick of the draft, Quinn Miners. Out of Wisconsin Whitewater. What a legend, man. Have you been following this? I am aware of the name. He, so he didn't have a season, and his, like, workout tape was just him, like, cutting down trees and, like, lifting wood and, like, chopping wood. You'll have to check that out. They call him Quinn the Gut Miners. So, we'll go with Chargers 1, uh, Denver 2, Kansas City 3, Oakland 4. So, yeah, like you mentioned with the Chargers, the Chargers got Rayshon Slater. They also got Asante Samuel Jr., who's a guy I have picked at 29 to Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Since Ever. we started this whole thing, let's go second round. Guy that's going to start for them in the secondary. Big piece for that. Denver also ran Javante Williams to go with Melvin Gore in the third. A good addition. The wide out Saints went heavy last year. That'd be fun. Uh, and also Patrick Sertain the second and be the back end of that defense. Um... Him and Justin Simmons, the secondary, that's going to be a problem, I feel. Yeah. I'll just a couple DBs, and then good for KC for kind of running out the O-line with Creed Humphrey and with Trey Smith late. So we're glad to see that. Uh, Nick Bolton, we'll see how he does, and then the Raiders. Reached Alex Otherwood, but they got Trevon Morick, I thought, at the right time. Mm-hmm. So for me, um, it was Chargers 1, A-minus, game that. Then two, it was the Broncos, 89.4. Hovering on a B plus, A minus. Uh, KC at a B, number three, and then the Raiders at four with a B minus. So, 
Yeah, not a lot of teams we did awful, I thought, but some teams were uh, kind of, uh, eh, just so be it. Yeah, interesting crop, I think. And so, I was so, we're going to chit chat around here. We're going to go into some sports rumors. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. So, obviously, the concept is simple for those who are listening the first time. It's by herself. So, first, <clears throat> heard this one today. The Minnesota Vikings were ready to select Justin Fields at 14 until Chicago traded up. Buying or selling that? I buy it. I do. I'm buying it because they took a quarterback in the third round, Kellen Mond. Um, and if, especially if a guy like Fields is still on board at 14, you, you got to take it. I mean, Kirk Cousins has been mediocre. Um, the guy, he hasn't been what they expected him to be when they threw all that money at him when he was with the Washington football team. So um, I buy it. I'm also buying it too. Okay, because Cousins coming through the year of his deal, then want the heir apparent. Kilimon, we'll see. I'm kind of excited for. But. Yeah, I like what Kilimon brings to the table. Yeah, all right, rumor number two. This got discussed during the, there was some round table, or whatever. They came out hard was involved or something. But the idea got tossed around that Julian Edelman is on his way to Tampa Bay. Christian, buy or sell him. In 2021, Julian Edelman will play for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, I have to sell that, right? There's no way Tom Brady does it again. Right? I mean,. You hear about Julian Edelman physically, and maybe he's not in the best spot in terms of injuries and health. So I'm not, I'm not buying this one. Um, I don't think everybody's just going to up and quit uh, and then go join Tom Brady and uh, Tampa Bay just because I don't think they – I mean, he's already got one of his boys out wide in Antonio Brown, so I, I'm not buying this. Yeah, I'm still in the two, mainly, mainly because the reason he had to retire was because of a failed physical. Yeah. I mean, it would be, it would be interesting to see him – A.B., Chris Godwin. Oh, it would be fun. Oh, my goodness. Scotty Miller. Scotty! And finally, the third one. I don't know how much validity there is to this, but I saw this and I thought it would be fun to bring up. The next blockbuster trade in the NFL will be Aaron Rodgers for Russell Wilson. No. No, I'm not buying that. I... It's enticing, though, isn't it? Oh, it would be interesting to see, and it would suck for Lions fans. Aaron Rodgers on the DK Metcalf. Oh, that would be fun. It would be fun, but I'm not buying that. Yeah, I'm either because I don't think Russell would waive no trade clause to go to Green Bay. So yeah, I kind of thought I'd try and get you with that one. That's that's the one to think of. So it would be fun, but yep. So that was sports rumors. Um, let's go to quick thoughts. Let's throw, keep throwing eyeballs here. What do you got for us this week, bud? So this is the final edition of Quick Thoughts. Um, I actually was gonna throw a series of. Um, you know, like personal related, like what would you do, this and that, hypotheticals. But you've got a, a banger lined up for question of the week that I was actually going to use. You, okay, well, well, well. So cross that one off. I mean, I mean, I mean, you can still do it, but just not use the question right at the end. So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So first off, Mitch, I want to know, name three songs off of your workout playlist. You're a big gym rat. <laughs> three songs out. Your three favorite songs off your workout playlist when you're at Planet Fitness or wherever you work. Out. As of right now, I got Kingslayer by Bring Me the Horizon featuring Baby Metal. I got BFG Division from uh, from the from the Doom soundtrack by uh, Mick Gordon, and also one that's really starting to get my blood boiling. Um, kind of because Kurt Angle used to play a song in 1996 before he would win a gold medal with a broken freaking neck. It's uh. Lunatic Fringe by Red Rider. That's starting to give blood boy a little bit. I'm with that. I'm with that. Um, I like it for the record that I've heard of none of those songs, but uh, it's probably for the best. I'm a big country music guy. I played you one right back from NIU. Yeah, probably. The I second just can't one. remember the name. Yeah. But, um, 
So, it's kind of sticking with the music theme, Mitch, you're, let's just say you're stranded on a desert island. What's your, what's your go-to music vibe? I mean, is it still that same workout? Name, you know, an album or, you know, yeah, name an album that you would bring with you on that stranded island that you'd have to listen to on repeat. Ooh, that's a good question. Probably kind of solder stuff. Give me, um... Curveball, I'll, I would say Stadium Arcadium by the uh, by the Red Hat Chili Peppers. Okay. Kind of because eight is two discs, twenty eight tracks, and one disc I will play and repeat over and over <laughs> and over. It's just so good from start to beginning. It's a Jupiter disc. I mean, it's one that has like Stadium Arcadium, Snow AO, Haunted Bump, especially in Michigan, Wet Sand. Just every song on that album, on that disc, that part of the album just slaps. It's just no skips, as the hip kids say. <laughs> All no right, skips. Um. Then my last question for you, um, obviously, you know, I'm tempted to go one of two ways with this. Obviously, the, the listeners need a gambling update. So we'll make it a two-part. We'll make it a two-part. First off, just give us a gambling update. And then second of all, who's your dream dinner guest? Could be dead or alive. Ooh. Uh, second part, the second part is going to get me emotional. Uh. First, uh, gambling update. Um, I decided to go 12-leg parlay for NHL games on Saturday. Guess how many games I got right with strict money lines, though? 11. Huh? 11. No, I'm sorry. I got 8. Okay. So I, you know, 75%. I messed up with the wings. one nothing. Um, God. All right, screw it. I'll, fuck, I'll say I'm going to get a little messy, but I'd say my Uncle Doug for the dream dinner guest. Um... He was a big, um, Detroit sports guy, big Marvel guy, um, you know, big game, kind of a, he's a guy that if he went on Jeopardy, he would, uh, he would, he would make Ken Jennings something like a peasant. It's one of those guys. Really? That's dope. But, unfortunately, in 2009, uh, we lost him, he had some alcohol issues, kind of took out his liver and kidney, Damn. and, you know, I kind of say my journey right now is, um, I see, uh, VTM by Kersey through me. So, he's a guy I don't think I really truly found his calling in life. And, uh, you know, I feel like I've called mine. So, I'll just um, bring along in spirit through the journey. That's cool, man. That's cool. He sounds like a dope dude. Didn't mean to get you sentimental. I thought maybe I'd hear, like, Derek Jeter or Austin Jackson or something. But, hey, you know, the the listeners get to hear a little bit of uh, Mitch the person as opposed to Mitch the personality. So That's true. So, uh... Let's we'll hit the chorus for toward the end, but uh, let's go to the what if moment. Are you ready? I am ready. So this week we're doing something very special. Like, I mean, we've been doing some fancy draft situations, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, we're going to do it again. We're going to go back to the year 2011. It's opening day 2011. We are going to create ourselves an MLB lineup. American League, so, you know, one each position at the DH. Or with three starters and the closer. It might take a little while to get through, but yeah. it's our season finale. Who cares if it's long? I'm the one that edits this shit anyway. I'm like, I, it's only bad for myself. So, Because I am such a gentleman, as always. I will, once again, allow you to pick first. Well, this is a tough choice for me because I don't... I guess I'm kind of dictating what, what's going to happen here. 2011. You know what? Give me Justin Verlander. I can't let him get off the board. I believe this is the year he won the MVP. Uh, or was it 2012? It was 2011. Okay, well then, yeah. I get the, the most valuable player in the American League with my first pick. So my first pick, um, I'm surprised to take him. I'm going to go with center fielder Mike Trout. Whew. 
Yeah, Mike Trout. Um, do we need to say any more? Anything more? All right, sweet. So, Mike Trout is officially part of Team Mitch. Woo! Hmm, I'm going to have to go down the line here and check out positions. Got to look up Christian's big board, huh? Yep, because, um, you know, 2011, obviously, I was a huge MLB fan. That was probably my favorite sport when I was younger was the MLB, and I, you know, I was a, man, as a young and I was a devout Tigers fan. And now a young like, whippersnapper. Now they just make me depressed. Um, give me Miguel Cabrera. Let's go run on Tigers and give me Miguel Cabrera. Obviously, a generational hitter. And I believe he was playing first base at this time. Yes, he didn't play, he didn't play third base until 2012 when they brought in uh, Prince Fielder. Perfect. So for me, let's go to the big bat. For my DH, I'm going to select uh, Big Pappy himself, Mr. David okay. Ortiz. Uh, again, need I say anything more? I think Trout toward the top of the lineup and Ortiz right in the middle. Um, good luck. <laughs> Christian, you have the floor again, my sir. Perfect. Um, tend to go a lot of different ways here. Because there's one guy I really want, and I don't know how long I should leave him out there on the board. Um, but I'm going to take Derek Jeter. Shortstop Derek Jeter. Towards the twilight of his career, uh, still a gamer, and the captain. He's a leader, and he's the one guy I want out there. So. Let's see. For my big board here. Hmm. At this point... There's this is young up a oh no I'm gonna go there yet. I'll take the I'll take a guy who's actually gonna win the NLMVP that year. I'll take Mr. Ryan Braun. And Ryan Braun. Year. I don't care if it's a cheater or not. It's hypothetical. It's a fantasy draft, and let's just have some fun here, right? So I got Trout, Brown, or Ortiz right now. And I've got JV, Miggy, and Jeter. Um, very, very, very much a Michigander to line up in my. Well, yeah, it's going to get better, believe me. Um, You know, so are outfielders interchangeable, or do they have to play the specific position that they played? I I, I, I have have much of the specific, but just for this, we'll just go whatever. Okay, cool. Uh, Then I'm going to go Andrew McCutcheon. Ooh. I didn't even have him on my board. Dang, that boy. All right, so you go McCutcheon. Often, I'll still have third base. I'll get probably arguably the best third baseman in the league at this point. Give me Adrian Beltre. Okay. Um, I'll stick to the position player route. And I will go Josh Hamilton. Corner outfielder out of Texas. All right. Mm, let's see. He catcher, first, second, short, right. I need pitching, though, so... Why not give me uh, probably the best pitcher of this time? Create with the Philadelphia Phillies. Give me Roy Halladay. Rest in peace, Doc. Rest in peace, Doc. So, yeah, I'll take Roy Halladay as my ace. I'll go back to pitching, um, and I will get another former Tiger. I will take David Price. All right. I'll stick my starter, too, and I'll stay. I have to go lefty here. Give me Clayton Kershaw. Kershaw's a good one. Kershaw, that is a good one. Um, gosh, I've got time to get my third starter, so I will wait on that. I need a, either a, gosh, you know, I need a catcher. And I'm going to go with a person uh, from the San Francisco Giants, none other than Mr. Buster Posey. All right. Um, let's see, where can I go here? 
Uh, second base. Give me a guy who just, not too long ago, was part of the 30-30 club. Give me Ian Kinsler. I was going to take Ian Kinsler. So I'm going to beat you to the punch. You did. Um, got a variety of ways I can go with this. Um, give me, and this is going to blow you away, but I can't leave him out here any longer. Give me a guy who was in the prime of his career in 2011. Curtis Granderson, <laughs> my favorite player of all oh, time. Oh, shocker, breaking news. Christian Boer goes Curtis Granderson. My favorite player of all time. I was oh, interviewed man. on Tigers Live by Mickey York at my first game. I was probably eight or nine years old, and they asked me who my favorite player was. My dad had just bought me a Curtis Granderson jersey, and I, so I said, uh, it was, I said it was the guy in the back of my jersey, and it's been Curtis Granderson ever since. So I I'll go I'll go I need I need closer here. I need someone who throws fire. And at this point, Cincinnati's got a young kid up and coming who's just throws absolute fire. Give me a roll this Chapman. That is a heck of a pick. I do okay. You know, I do okay with these sort of scenarios. Um you go young guy, I'll go old head. Give me Mario Rivera as my closer. Alright. Oh, I need a catcher. Give me Yadi or Molina. If it's if if we don't talk about being the best catcher of the past about fifteen years, it's Yadier Molina, absolute can and absolute stud back on the plate. So, give me Yadier Molina. Oh gosh, what do I need? I need a second baseman, and I see one out there, a younger guy, who was projected to be a star hasn't quite panned out. Give me Starlin Castro from the Chicago Cubs. Interesting. All right. Uh, I need I need a shortstop still. Give me um, give me a guy who's tearing it up in Colorado. Give me Mr. Troy Tulo Wentz. Too low. Too low. Or too high for ball one. Who knows? Now I only have two more positions left. I still have first my last outfield and a pitcher left. What am I missing? I have two pitchers, a closer. Oh, wait, no, I have three. I have third base, and I have DH as the other one. DH, third base, and then my third starter. Um, For my designated hitter, actually, no, I can wait on that because the big board for that is just loaded. Um, Give me a guy who was an up-and-comer, you know, kind of towards the tail end of his career. Give me Cliff Lee from the Philadelphia Phillies, my third starter. I thought about taking him, but I passed on it. So, uh, I'll fill the outfield here. Um, he's young. He's raw. He's a four-and-one overall pick. But with Brown and Trout out there, I can afford to have a young guy in right field. Give me, uh, give me the, give me the, give me the big premier. Give me Mr. Bryce Harper. Sheesh. Um. Third base. Third base. Let's just take a look here. What are my options? Uh, I could take a league hits leader. I could take a couple of guys that are washed up. But I'm not going to. I'm going to take Michael Young Ooh. from Texas. Okay. Led the league in hits in 2011. So, because I know how the past 10 years have gone... 
I want to go one way or first base, but after this season, he's going to shift from St. Louis to L.A., and his career is going to go downhill. Oh. There's another guy in that same division, though, with St. Louis that's been a pretty good first baseman. So, yeah, I'm going to take a first baseman. He's Canadian for the Cincinnati Reds. Ladies and gentlemen, please add the final piece to the lineup, Mr. Joseph Votto. Joey Votto. All right, we each have one pick left. And my final pick is my designated hitter, so I can pick just about anybody I want. And I'm going to take Matt Kemp. The only Dodgers, Matt thought, Kemp. Stop adding him. And then finally, my last starter. It might be a bit of left field, but when you think about it hard enough, it's kind of hard not to take him. Left-handed pitcher. He's got two more World Series appearances, two more World Series rings left to uh, left to accumulate. Um. Give me Mr. John Lester. John Lester, okay. Kyle Day Kershaw. So my line is as follows. <clears throat> Yair Molina, Joey Votto, Ian Kensler, Adrian Beltre, Troy Tulowitzki, Ryan Braun, Mike Trout, Bryce Harper, and David Ortiz with pitchers of Ray Halliday, Clayton Kershaw, and John Lester. And Brita Soman ninth is Rose Chandler. Yeah, you did well. You did well. <laughs> I think oh, I do okay myself, so Let's get the corners. Christian, you can go first. You know, I don't have a ton to say just because my mind's been elsewhere with finals and all that other jazz, but I just wanted to come out here and thank the listeners. Thanks for listening to us, man. I know that there are times where, you know, maybe you don't agree with our takes or we sound a little annoying, but it's been a pleasure to to do this show every week with you, Mitch, and um, just wanted to express my gratitude to the people listening and to the people who make it happen, my co-host over here, (laughs) Mr. Vosberg. Um, who precedes me in age by a couple don't, of years. Don't say it, damn it. Don't say it. Works tirely, tirelessly to get this show out there for you guys. And um, I just hope that I've played my part in making a product that he's proud of. So. Well, first of all, Christian, it's a, first of all, I agree with you. Thank you, all the wonderful listeners. And uh, I appreciate you doing this to me. But also, you stole my damn idea for the segment. <laughs> what the hell? I guess I could talk to this. So NHL season is going to wrap up here shortly, which means... We're getting close to the playoffs, but, mm-hmm. oh, man, a magical, magical time of the year, the NHL playoffs. Oh, it's going to be glorious, absolutely glorious. I, I, I know we're probably going to crash with me and Rick uh, and Chastain for a couple weeks. Believe me, I'll have, I'll have multiple TVs, and I have NHL TV, all that stuff, so trust me, you'll be sick. You won't be sick of hockey playoffs. You won't be in I'm actually in excited about that. So I've got to mention this on my bank, a gambling corner. I put two bucks on a team the other day. Do you have a guess which team I bet on to win the Stanley Cup? Um, Carolina. I did not pick Carolina. Uh, Tampa Bay. I did not actually. Dallas, because of the rods. I did not. Okay, I don't know. Me twelve years ago, I kicked myself in the balls repeatedly, and then hit me in the crouch with a baseball bat, and then a tennis racket. And a golf club, and then a three iron, four iron, five iron. I picked the Pittsburgh Penguins. Wow! On absolute terror right now, they're clicking. As uh, as, as we're recording this, they're going to get up getting Malkin back. They've been absolute terror. They've lost four games at home in regulation this year. Wow! And by the looks of it, they are about to win that division too. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, it'd be awesome to see Crosby and Malkin get one more ring, and then you just go <laughs> on the whole organization. But yeah, hey, you know. Is it going to land? You know, I was—I can't remember how much it was. It wasn't a whole lot of... It was a plus not a whole lot. So, I mean, I only put two bucks on it. But, you know, we'll see what happens. But the best part about the NHL playoffs is that anything can happen. 
It's wonderful. It's glorious. Game one last year between two teams went five overtimes. Why anybody want to? It made my beard go from a decent length to almost a wizard length. It was brutal. But yeah, just here for the NHL playoffs, and thank you again for listening. So yeah, uh, thank you. Now, uh, forgot. I was gonna wrap it up, but we forgot. We gotta get this last word, Christian, for last time this season. Are you ready? Yes, sir. Positive. Mm-hmm. Are you sure? Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, for the last time this season, my favorite segment of the show, it's Can Christian Hey. So, 2011, I felt like I did pretty well at. You just couldn't remember, um, just couldn't remember, um, Blake Gabbard. Yep. The bonus round. Well, but today, we talk, you talked about, um, um, Buster Posey. Yep. One of the great dynasties of our lifetime, and that does not get enough respect. This is true. The San Francisco Giants from 2010 to 2014. So, uh, so today we're going to talk about the last team that did it. Uh, today's the season finale for Canada Christian Hang will be about the 2014 San Francisco Giants because I refuse. I refuse to talk about the, the, the 2012 team. Are you ready? Yep. All right. Question number one: <clears throat> Who led, who led the team in home runs, and with how many? Who led the team in home runs? How many? I'm gonna go with Posey, 37. That's your final answer. Yes. The player is right. The number is incorrect. Shoot. His number number of home runs he hit was 22. Oh wow! Yeah, that was looking... attack. Now, question number two. Matt Keen was struggling, and at the, and at the trade deadline they had to add a starter. The Giants added which former division rival ace during the season? Give me the name of the pitcher. What? I need the name of the pitcher that they traded for. Division rival. We have a former ace of the, the division rival. Well, because my mind goes to Johnny Cueto, but he played for the Reds. Correct. And so he, it he, wasn't he, Cueto. And they signed him later. Was it Jake Peavy? That's your final answer? Yes. Correct. Yeah, yeah, from the Padres, from the Dads. Yes. All right. So question number three, multiple choice. Obviously, Madison Bumgarner was insane. He he, he incredible. He, so he had he, 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 he ERA before low three to lead the team. Now, which starter finished second in ERA? Is it Tim Hudson, Ryan Vogelsong, Tim Lincecum, or Matt Cain? Vogelsong. That's your final answer. Yes. And correct. Oh, shoot. Tim Hudson with a three point five seven. All right. So question number four. Game seven in Kansas City. Yep. Pablo Sandoval makes Pablo Sandoval makes that great catch and then immediately signs the Red Sox and ruins his career. Now, obviously Matt Bump just do a gem of past four or five innings in that game, right? Mm-hmm. My question for you is who was credited with the win in the Giants three to two game seven victory over the Kansas City Royals? Didn't Bumgarner go like five innings out of the bullpen? He did, but they, but he was, but he was. He but he was, didn't. He they credited him with a save. They credited him with the save because he came in with a three-two lead. Okay, so give me, oh, Tim Hudson songs. For some reason, my mind just keeps going back to Ryan Vogelsong. So I'm gonna go with Vogelsong. Incorrect. Shoot. Tim Hudson, this start the game. But Jeremy, uh, Jeremy Felt. Yes, Jeremy okay. Felt was credited with the win. 
Stephon gave him two runs a second. They pulled him. Apple came in, and then, bada boom, Bob's your uncle, Madison Bumgarner. Yeah. And he hasn't been the same since. And I will just add that you know a real baseball fan when they see a performance like Madison Bumgarner's where he's essentially just deadening everybody's bats and striking everyone out. A, a, a casual bystander will think that's boring, and a true baseball fan will think it's amazing. Especially if we had, what, two days rest? Yeah. It's insane. So, question of the week. Christian, I told you this yesterday. You got so excited. I was pumped. So, the question is, is as follows. <clears throat> Hypothetical. It's game, World Series Game 7, Bob the Knife. You have a one-run lead. You come to make the save. The question is, what song's playing as you sprint out of the bullpen? See, now this is a conversation that I've had with myself many a times, just because there's different scenarios. Like, if I'm starting a game, I would go, like, chill, laid-back country music, maybe something by Kenny Chesney or Old Dominion. Uh, if I'm batting, there's a couple of songs that have strong openings to them. Um, I'm tempted to go between two here. And one of them is Square Dance by Eminem. Ooh. Okay. Have you ever heard that one? Yeah, of course. I, I, it was Camaletti's, Mario Camaletti's CMU second baseman. It was his walk-up song on Saturday. And just, you know, you get that, I think it's accordion beginning, and it's just like, ooh. And then you get the strong downbeats, and it's like, uh-oh, it's coming. But if I had to, to go, it would be Seven Nation Army by the White Stripes. It's a song that everybody knows. It's got that intense beat to it, and the fans would go ballistic. And that's the big thing. If I'm winning Game 7 of the World Series and I'm going to come in to make the save, I want it to be as noisy as possible. And I want 40,000 fans on their feet when they see me come out of that bullpen, they see me open that game. And what better way to do that than to go with a song that everybody knows, that it's a stadium anthem, and, man, man, I'm, just, I'm getting chills just thinking about it. So mine's going to come out left field. <laughs> bullpen, left yeah. field, America. <laughs> but... Uh, I, you know, I want to say understand, man, but I can't touch Mariano Rivera. Mm-hmm. Give me God's Gonna Cut You Down by Johnny Great Cash. Great song! Just think about it, it's just so eerie, it's like, it man. Is. That is a very it's kind of intimidating, too, like, oh, shoot. That's one of those songs that's best played when it's played loud. Mm-hmm. Crazy. It, it just the, oh, man. It's either that, or, 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 because, or because I'm a, because I'm a wrestling nerd, I would go, Ricochet's thing because like mm-hmm. you know it's it's a it's a cool intro and then it goes one and only then like a really cool like superhero instrumental track that's cool Files, I'll play it for you after I this, really but... like the Johnny Cash ah it's a classic the man in black you really can't beat that great oh dude that is such a good song well we're over an hour which is awesome anything else you want to say wrap up before we uh, sign off for the season no I just want to say thanks again to the listeners thanks for making this all possible and um you know, we appreciate feedback, so feel free to reach out at any time. Yeah, absolutely. You can hit us up on Twitter for ideas for next season. I'm at Real Mitch Vberg, and Christian is at... Seaboer underscore. Alrighty, so folks, thank you so much for listening this season. Your support for us and all of our amazing podcasts at Central Michigan Lifer, it's very well noticed, and we really do appreciate it. But until next time, for Christian Boer, I'm Mitch Fosberg. Keep your stick on the ice.